0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 10 is where we find ourselves as we're going through the gospel of Luke. Here's what's interesting: is nobody questions Jesus' story. He says this as a priest and Levite. They just walk by on the other side. Nobody says that would never happen. Why? Because they know that that's exactly what would happen. They know that's exactly the attitude of the priests and the Levites of their day. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So we went to him, and he bandaged his wounds and poured oil and wine and set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn and took care of him. So this Samaritan sees him. He doesn't just see him and have compassion. His compassion moves him to action, and his action is that he takes the man, he pours out expensive oil and wine upon him, bandages his wounds, no doubt puts something over him, a, a, a blanket or something to cover him, and he puts him on his own animal, and that man walks alongside of this man on who's been hurt, doesn't care if he's a Jew or a Gentile, he doesn't What he does see, he doesn't see color or race or nationality when he looks at this guy, he sees a person, he sees a person. Now, there's been a lot of talk about race, you know, lately in our, in our culture, in our country, you know, and I, I just, I really feel like I'm just really glad that we live in probably one of the least racist places in the world. I was talking to my friend Reggie, He's been living here for, I think he's been here for at least 18 years. We, you know, he was in a class I was in. So we asked him, hey, what kind of racial things do you experience here? And he says, you know, honestly, when I, when my coach first told me, hey, BSU's looking at you to be on their team. He says, I was like, Idaho, are you kidding me? That's where the skinheads are. That's, that place is, you know, the white supremacists and everything. And he was really concerned. Of course, that's up north. Well, it was. I think they are out now. I don't know. I don't know Who's, who. Who knows what's happening? But anyway, so he came and he said, you know, I was actually surprised that actually here it's less racist than where I was from in California. And he says I realized my my family is more racist than the Idahoans. He says he said I did have one. He did have one incident where he was going to rent a house and he drove up and he got out of his car. And the guy who was, he'd been talking to on the phone, he looks at him and he says, I don't think you can afford this house. He says, okay, yeah, no problem, see you later. And he drove away. That was the only time he ever experienced anything like that. But he said, most of the time, it's kind of the opposite. Like, people treat him nicer because he's black. Like, I don't want to be known as a racist, you know, I'm not racist, you know. And so they they actually treat him nicer. He said he was at Sherry's one time, and he went up to the counter, and the lady's like, hi, I have a black friend. (laughs) And he's like, me too. <laughs> but he says that people actually are pretty nice here. You know, he says, he says it's probably one of the least racist places he's ever been. And, and, and that's great. You know, it's great. I think that it's important as, as Christians, as a culture too, that we see people as, as people. And I remember when I was a kid, it was the Russians. Now it's the Russians Again. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But we should see people as people, no matter who they are. And, and so this, cer- this certain Samaritan takes care of him. It says, verse, put him in the inn. It says, verse 35, on the next day when he departed, he took two denarii, this is two days wage, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So he, he, he gets him there, he looks stable, He's like, he's probably going to be okay. I'm going to go ahead and leave you here. I'm going to pay your way. If you need to stay longer, I'll, I'll take care of the tab when I get back. And he goes and tells the innkeeper if this guy needs anything. He, he leaves him with two dinar, two days wages, which is certainly enough to probably stay another couple of days with meals. And so he leaves this with this guy and then promises to pay the tab when he gets back. This, this guy has true care. He doesn't just see him have compassion. He, I mean, he easily could have taken him and dropped him off at the end and says, hey, this guy was found alongside the road. You know, I don't know what to do with him. Here he is. But no, he, he paid his expenses. He went the extra mile. A remarkable story. Because the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along, right? They hated each other. And especially this lawyer, this was not a comfortable story for him. You know, the Jews believed that their neighbor was the Jewish people, not the nations. And even though God gives specific instructions to them for strangers and sojourners and those who are passing through to to treat them with kindness and respect and to lodge them and take care of them, they, they still didn't like the Gentiles and they certainly didn't like the Samaritans. And so there was all this tension and all this, and this animosity. Verse 36, so which of these, Jesus says, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? So Jesus hits the lawyer with a gotcha question. Who is this man's neighbor? What a blessing it is when God gives you an opportunity to bless somebody who has been mean to you? Somebody who has been hateful towards you. Somebody who is, has animosity towards you. And he gives you an opportunity to do something for them in their need. Don't miss those opportunities. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For so doing, you heap coals of fire upon his head. What does that mean? It means that you're gonna show him that you're acting in love, and it's going to it's gonna burn love into his heart. You know, it's going, to, it's going to hurt in a good way. Verse 37, and he said, He who showed him mercy, then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Notice this Lord can't even bring himself to say the word Samaritan. He can't even say the word. The one who showed him mercy. Now, as Christians, I, I just want to point this out. As I mentioned before, we are not saved by being a good neighbor. But we are a good neighbor because we're saved, right? And if I find myself with hate and animosity in my heart, if you didn't listen to last week's message, I kind of unpacked how to be what you can't be in terms of our Christian walk, and so I encourage you to go back and listen to that. A lot of people said it was helpful. But if we don't have love in our hearts for people, If we don't have compassion on the needy or we don't have, you know, we're just full of angst and anger or whatever, that's not Jesus. And so how do we deal with that? Well, it's simple. We confess it as sin, forsake it, and say, Jesus, I need yours. I need your love for those people. Lord, fill my heart. I confess that I am, that's a very important step. Don't miss that step. Don't just say, Jesus, give me love for people. No, Jesus, I confess that I have a wicked heart towards people. I have a wicked heart towards that person, or I have a, a, a bad attitude when it comes to people in general. Like, I want to run people off the road when I'm driving. I confess that is sin. And Jesus, I need to, you to put your love in my heart for fellow drivers, or for, you know, these people, or that group of people, or whatever. Put love in my heart for them. And you know what Jesus does? You think he's not going to answer that prayer? He fills his love into our heart by his Holy Spirit. He sheds his love abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And he changes who we are fundamentally. And so as Christians, it's not we're saved by being a good neighbor, but we're a good neighbor by being saved. And that's what Jesus does for us. But this story is even a greater metaphor for Jesus. He's really describing his love and compassion upon us as he describes this story. Because I don't know how many of you were wounded and beaten and rejected and cast off by this world and and maybe thought that God could never love you or never forgive you and you felt like an enemy of God and an alien from God and that there's no way that God could ever forgive me for the things that I've done. And yet, what does the Bible say? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We were enemies of God and God sent his son to die in your place to save you. And even those who are crucifying Jesus, can you imagine or think of a worse crime than to crucify God in flesh and and to be a part of that, to drive the nails in his hands, or to beat him, or to curse him, or to punch him, or to shame him? And Jesus would say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so it is with God when it comes to you and all that you've done, and maybe all the things that you've been through in your life, and all the turmoil, and the, and the pain, and the rejection, and all the things you felt, and, and feeling like maybe even that's coming from God. And yet He, he sees you naked, beaten, blue, blue, and black, and blue, and bruised, and whatever. Too many B words there. Couldn't say it. But He sees you there. And he pours his oil and his wine out on you. He bandages up your wounds. And then he pays your debt. And he pays your future debt. Not just your debt now. Like, okay, we've taken care of him. You know, he's on his own. No, he says, if there's any more debt that this guy causes, I'm going to pay that too. And that's what he does for you. It's called good news. It's called the gospel. And that's what Jesus has done for us. We stand with me as we pray?
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemment.org.